I know I gotta talk with Pop. I'm gonna listen to what he's gotta say. I'm ready to make any sacrifice for the team, give 100%. And uh, yeah, I, I just know we got, as I'm not playing in the World Cup, we got two to three months, two to three great months go, that, are, that are coming, and they're gonna, they're gonna change my life. I'm probably gonna disappear from the media for, for the next month, honestly. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. The question I threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line, what is your reason for optimism when it comes to this year's Raiders team? Of course, that's the feedback that I want to hear from you, and we'll get to that feedback in a matter of minutes. But right now, joining us on the phone lines is legendary writer Sam Smith, Bulls.com at Sam Smith Hoops on Twitter. And Sam, thanks so much. I realize that you're at the airport as your flight got canceled. I apologize for that, but I appreciate you joining us and uh, talking a little summer league action. You heard Victor Wimbignano there talking about, uh, you know, he's going to go away from the media for a while. Friday to Sunday, how big of a difference was it between what you from what you saw from the young man? Uh, well, I didn't know it was you that uh, got my flight canceled, so maybe I'm not sure I want to do this interview. No, <laughs> um, you know he, he things just worked out better for him, and it was fortunate, you know, because there was so much attention to him. I, I was at both of his games, and it, it was not remarkable. We've seen this, but there was such anticipation in the crowd. You know, failed arena, uh, 17 or 18,000, whatever. And every time he touched the ball or had it or do anything, people were sort of gasping and just waiting for something to happen. And that's just, you know, just too much to ask of any player, and especially such a young player. So I was pleased for him that, you know, his shot is kind of, it's not great. It's, for a guy his size and everything, it's really good. Uh, but a, a couple of threes went in that he that he didn't make the other day. Um, you know they don't run much offense for him yet, which they'll do. You know because they really don't really have him catching the ball, going to the basket where he would have the great advantage. You know with his size, dunking. Um, so it was sort of relief, I think, for him and everybody because nobody. I, I think it, I think fans were even starting to feel badly for him after that first game. Where he kept getting the ball stripped and was kind of, you know, sort of, sort of like, um, like a giraffe with thin legs, just kind of scattering all over the floor, you know, and couldn't sort of get his balance in a lot of cases. And you know, so he showed, he showed he's going to be a really good player, but mostly defense to start. You know, his offense has a long way to go. Again, we're talking with Sam Smith, author of The Jordan Rules. And, and Sam, you've, you've obviously covered a lot of really good players. And, again, you don't, you don't write the book, The Jordan Rules, without seeing greatness. So his expectations are sky high. How, how, how realistic do you believe that most of those expectations are for him? Uh, much too unrealistic. Yeah. Um, you know, because the NBA, and especially the modern NBA now, which is built on you know, three-point three shooting, multiple three-point shooting, um, it gets to the basket, athleticism, and he has elements of that. You have to judge him for sort of who he is. You know, for a guy that size, seven four, seven five, whenever it's, it's extraordinary to have those skills, handle a ball, put it between his legs, dribble a little bit. But compared to the really great athletes like a LeBron who came in, he doesn't match. He doesn't match that kind of athleticism. You know, and that's why I said, you know, it's his size. You know, sort of like, you know, sort of like a, you know, a more uh, skilled 
version of Chet Holmgren, mm-hmm. you know, came out last year, was injured all year, um, has size, but is sort of struggling offensively now. So, you know, the buildup, and you know, we're in an era of everybody wants to see the next great thing, and that, right. you know, it was great for sales, and it was great for attention for the summer league, and, and that was all great, but he's not that. Uh, he, he may be, he has to be, get a lot stronger. He has to, uh, I mean, he's really, you know, you don't want to wish anything bad, but you look at him and you go, man, how is he going to hold up, you know, right. you know, for the injuries? That's what I worry about is, you know, given his size now and given, you know, big men where they have problems with feet and boys, you know, historically, uh, you know, the buildup was too much, but he, but he's, but he's in the perfect place because the Spurs don't have to win this year. They're going to be in the lottery again. And so I don't think there'll be much pressure on him. He's got a great coach uh, who's a good teacher. So he couldn't have been put in a better place. Yeah, that was my biggest thing is that he ended up with the Spurs who have plenty of familiarity with foreign players. Popovich is a pro's pro. He's a Hall of Famer. He just signed that five-year extension. How much of that five-year extension do you think was tied to Victor Wimbanyama? Uh, well, some, actually. I'll tell you, to, to me, uh, uh, I'm friendly with Pop. And so I saw him at the game yesterday, and I said to me, you know, the biggest thing about this kid is he brought you to Summer League for the first time in 20 years. <laughs> and he goes, exactly right. You know, he said, that's why I'm here. So, uh, but on one level, he's wanted to work. And uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say he's gotten tired of it, but, he, you know, he's sort of a view of, look, just because I'm 74 or whatever it is, you know, I still know the game. I'm an, I got energy and my health is good. Why can't I coach? Because, you know, I, I would like to, I want to continue to and be involved. And so I, I think this helps in that. I think he probably would have signed an extension anyway. But this really gives him something. He could bring Duncan back in. He could bring Robinson back in as he's done already to have dinner with him. You know, and give those guys a reason to be involved more. So I think it's you know sort of Spurs create a family uh, atmosphere, and so I I, I think it's a great uh, situation all around there. Talking to the legendary writer Sam Smith here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So it was announced that Wemby's being shut down for the rest of Summer League. Uh, I'm sure that they saw enough, and I'm sure you saw enough of him to know what he could bring to the table and what he needs to work on. For the rest of Summer League, as all these other teams are still competing, what, how much is this doing for, for them and their, their goals to, to help excel their team next year? Well, it's pretty common, you know, with the, the top players to play a game or two and then kind of shut down, see what you sort of got. Very rarely uh, anymore. Heck, you know, as you well know, during the season, hardly anybody plays. Right. So why are they going to play in summer league? But, you know, I think it was great that he played a couple of games. He played a lot. Uh, he was in there. You know, he, he played to the fans a lot. You know, he's got a great personality. I, mean, I think he's going to be, a, a, you know, as long as things go well, health-wise and everything, I, I think he's going to be a huge personality figure in the league. Uh, he handles himself well, and I went to it was uh, post game just to listen. And um, you know he, he's well spoken, he's poised, he seems very mature. Uh, it does the interviews comfortably. Uh, obviously, he's got language. You know, uh, I'm from Brooklyn, so he speaks better than most of the kids people I grew up with uh, <laughs> English. Um, so I, I I think he I think this whole season. Uh, especially the first half as, as, as the Spurs start going around the league, he's going to be by far the number one attraction. I think people 
fans are going to come want to come out to see him more than anybody in the league, more than any team. So I think it's really going to be great for the league, especially. A lot of pressure on him because uh, he's not going to produce to the level of like a Jordan. You know, I was I was around Michael's first season, and he just exploded in the league right away. Averaged twenty eight points, had a fifty point, forty nine point game, like three or four games in, uh, hit a the second week in the league, he had a game winner in Milwaukee. I mean, he was doing extraordinary things in the game to win games right away. Uh, when Banyana's not going to be able to do that, especially with that Spurs team, which is which is not very good. Uh, you know, it's, but he's going to be a great attraction. Yeah, no, he will. I mean, it told me all I needed to know, Sam, when there was 500 credentials handed out just for Summer yeah. League. You know, I mean, I, I got there, and, and there's people that were seated, and you had a good seat, but for the most part, there was guys sitting in the steps or standing in the hallway. It's like there was people that were credentialed all over the place just because everyone wanted to have their eyes on Victor. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those things, and, that, and that's I mean, probably worldwide, but I know it's part of America. People want to be where something happens. You always wonder, you say, how, how, is people, how are somebody spending $2,000 for that ticket to go to that game? Right. It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, there's something about, and obviously Vegas, you know, is a, is a big part of that thing. Uh, but there's a big part of, you know, the American psyche of, I want to be there when, at, at the event everybody's talking about. And I want years later, I want to talk about and say, hey, I was there that night. I saw that. And so I think when Banyana, that was, that was the factor of it. And people, you know, they were hopefully put on, you know, extraordinary 50 points, 20 rebounds or something. And that's not who he is. And not, certainly not yet. But, I, I, you know, it's so much uh, enthusiasm for, hey, I wanted to be in the building when, that's, when he first came here. Yeah, and I know that everyone wanted that the the build up to that Friday, and I'm glad he was able to put on the show that he did last night. I thought that that was really good for him. Again, we're talking with Sam Smith here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. Now, obviously, Wimby is the guy that everyone went there to see, but there was a lot of really good players and a lot of really good action that's still going on. Anything or anyone stand out to you that maybe we should be paying attention a little bit more to? Well, I, I really like Scoot Henderson. I mean, yeah. My only worry now is he, when he played against one Banyana last fall, he got hurt, and then he got hurt, hurt his shoulder, and didn't see serious injuries. But uh, that's a little concerning when a guy has a couple of injuries. I, I think a lot of the you know top draft picks, you know, showed well athletically. Uh, I don't think Juan Banyana is going to be rookie of the year. I think somebody, one of those players from the top five or six, is going to emerge. The athletic guy went to Houston. I, I think he's going to put pressure on some of those other, you know, young athletic guys. If Henderson's healthy, I think he's going to, uh, you know, be able to really have a, you know, uh, impactful season. Not that Portland, I think, will, I think they'll eventually trade Lillard, you know, and start over and won't be winning. But I, but I think some of those rookies, uh, the top rookies, uh, you know, will have an impact. And, and some of the others down farther, uh, that Keontae George with Utah yeah. was impressive. Oklahoma City always continues to draft well, and they got a point guard that Kaysen Wallace. I think Kentucky was he. Um, they really are loaded with young players. They're going to have to. I mean, I don't know if their plan is just to kind of be in the lottery for the next ten years and just pick really good guys. But they they've got an incredible team of young guys now. Holgram's coming in this year. Haven't played next year. You know, Giddy SGA, who you know is all NBA already, and and then. You know, and Miami does always a good job finding. I like that the big guy that Miami uh, uh, picked. They always, you know, they do a good job of finding kind of gems that people overlook. 
Uh, so those are the couple of things that stood out, you know, that uh, the first weekend. Yeah, there's a lot of really good young talent. I was just noticing that this weekend. It was really enjoying what I was seeing. It's not going to be perfect, but you're not expecting perfect in summer league action. Now, we're here in Vegas. Obviously, summer league's in Vegas. The NBA announced the in-season tournament's going to have the finals here in Vegas. What do you think this does for the overall just play of the NBA and the attention that the NBA gets from the public? You know, I think, you know, so the traditionalists are like, uh, what do we need it for? Yeah, I'm kind of okay with it. I think, you know, now, I don't think it will motivate some guys who don't, you know, like a Kawhi Leonard who doesn't play all the time or Paul George and some of those guys who don't, you know, play only every other game. I don't know that will motivate them to play. But I think it'll, it'll put additional attention in the NBA, you know, and their TV partners, TNT especially, ESPN to an extent, you know, are good at promoting what they do. So I think, you know, as this tournament starts developing, I think Tuesday and Friday or something. I didn't pay attention to all the announcements, you know. But the, it'll be so like special games, which right. is hard to have in the NBA now, you know, because you have only you know two two, two interleague a year and four, uh, you know, interconference. But then the best players don't play on TV. I mean, you know, TNT comes up on Thursday and they're taking off and they're resting. So I I, I kind of like the possibilities of it that they that they'll they're designating more games that in theory will matter. And I think it's up to the players, really. The players have let down the league in a lot of respects, you know, by taking all this time off and extending injuries. And I think they owe it to the league now to get back to where it used to be. Uh, not that we can say everything to Jordan. Of course, in Chicago we do. Right. You know, but when he's 35 years old and came back from baseball, he, he didn't miss a game for three and a half years. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, guys used to play all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it was a sin. I remember the Bulls used to make fun of Horace Grant because he would take, you know, a few games off the season to, uh, to rest or, you know, load management, whatever they call it now. The fewest games he ever played in the season were like 73. Wow. You know, he'd like be, he'd be an Iron Man today. They'd, <laughs> they'd be marveling. Guys would be coming over and saying, Horace, how do you do it? Right. When he was with the Bulls, they used to humiliate him. Why aren't you playing? Get out there. Wow. So I, I hope this will change that, and, and maybe and that will be a really good thing if it does. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and it's so funny how, how the load management has really taken over the game. Sam Smith is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Sam, this is going to be the final question for you, and I would be wrong if I didn't ask. I mean, I always say I'm blessed. I'm 46 years old. I feel like I saw the, the best athletes of, you know, for the most part. You know, I saw the Magic Johnson Lakers. I saw, obviously, the Jordan-led Bulls. I get to see LeBron and everything. But there's, there's friends of mine that never got to see Mike except for, like, a part of the Wizards. And as the author of the, of the Jordan rules, I mean, you get to document – the greatness of, of Michael Jordan. How how awesome is that for you to just to think back about what that meant? I tell you, the greatest thing about life is being fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time. Yep. And that's that's what I was. As it happened, I had been an, actually a government political reporter in Washington D.C. Came to Chicago and switched over to sports. And first week Jordan was in Chicago, they said, "Well, why don't you go hang out with the kid coming up their draft pick?" You know. I mean, it was number three, you know, good player, but he averaged 17 points. And so, you know, the day he walked into Chicago, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there in the department. So, hey, what, you know, what do you want to do today? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and so from there, you know, I was fortunate enough to be around 
you know, him his entire career, uh, right through the end, of, you know, in Washington, his last game in Philadelphia, um, all the championships. And, uh, you know, so it, 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 it was obviously great fortune for me. But I will tell you, people ask me about, you know, with this weekend with Wimanyana, and, of course, I'm dating myself, but they, they said, uh, I said, well, look, you know, the two things in the NBA introductions that stand out most to me was when, when I saw Wilt's first game and when I saw Kareem's first game. And I said those were those were those were the most anticipated NBA events, you know, that I can remember. So I don't. I, I, I'm glad about Wembanyama, but it doesn't match the anticipation of that. Even though that wasn't a big social media era, and it wasn't a big promotional era, and the NBA wasn't nearly as popular as now. But there was tremendous anticipation when those guys came, and obviously they both lived up to it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and, man, what a blessing. And I'm sure that you've got the stories on top of stories on top of stories about everything that you've been able to see and, and document on and off the record. I, man, I, just to pick your brain for a little while is always a blessing uh, just to be able to hear from you. So, Sam, thanks so much for taking a few minutes of your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. Once you get on that flight, man, have a safe trip, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Good to talk to you. All right, there you go. Sam Smith, Bulls.com, at Sam Smith Hoops, author of The Jordan Rules. And, man, what a – I mean, you're hearing him talk about the first game of Wilt, the first game of Kareem, sitting in MJ's apartment as a rookie, documenting his whole career, last game in Philly, seeing the first game in Summer League of Wimbenyama. I mean, that's a hell of a – that's a hell of a resume right there. I skipped a lot. (laughs) I skipped a lot. But what we do around here is we go to the best. And the best of the best is that right there. Sam Smith, fantastic stuff. Again, if you have not checked out the Jordan rules, check out the Jordan rules. I know that there's a lot of folks that, oh, LeBron's better. I don't care. (laughs) Jordan was one of the greatest, and we can say that and have no arguments. One of the greatest of all time. And there's a handful of guys. You can talk about Kobe. You can talk about Wilt. You can talk about Kareem. You can talk about Magic. You can talk about LeBron. I don't care. All that's greatness. However you line them up, it's fine. It's greatness. And uh, Sam's been around to document just about all of it. That's fantastic right there. 318 is the time. We want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What is your reason for optimism when it comes to this year's Raiders team? Before we take a break, let's go ahead and uh, go to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our friend Mitch from New Jersey. Welcome to the show. Mitch, what's on your mind? Hey, Q. How you doing, buddy? Hope you had a good weekend. Yes, sir. Fantastic. You know, I think Caleb Williams is going to have a better career than uh, Victor Wembanyama. Okay. That's where I predict. A little biased here. A little biased here. Um, I'm excited with the Raiders, with the offense. Jimmy's a pretty good quarterback. Once he stays healthy, I like our offense. And um, and what's the story with this playing tournament? It's all about low management and having too many games, and the A2 is perfect. I don't understand adding games, or it's just it's ridiculous with the traveling. It's going to hurt traveling. I, I think it's good the way it is. All right. Thank you, Mitch, for the call. Appreciate you, man. Hope all is good with you. And the thing about it is, like Sam just said, trying to get these guys to play, right? And, and it's funny that you're trying to get these guys to play more games, and they're not already locked in on playing. Like, I, I'm just – I got that old-school feel to me, you know, and maybe if I played sports, I'd be different. But I don't like to take time off, period. I don't like to take time off of this job, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you damn near got to force me to go on vacation. But, again, it's different. I'm, I mean, I'm doing radio. I'm not, you know, playing 82 games of basketball. But I just feel like in my mind I wouldn't want to miss a game. 
right? I mean, that's, that's the payoff. Like, you, you go to practice, you work your tail off, you do film work, you take care of your body, you do this, that, and the other. You're doing everything you can. What's the, what's the prize? The prize is playing in the game, right? But ever since the Spurs, and they did it for a real reason, ever since Popovich said, hey, you know, we're going to not let Tim Duncan play today or we're not going to let Manu play or we're going to rest Tony Parker or whatever the case may be. But, again, they did it for good reason. They were aging stars. They were aging. They were getting up in age. That's what that means. So they needed to rest. And then all of a sudden it's like the youngster was like, oh, well, hey, if they're rested, I can rest too. Oh, let's not play back-to-back games. Like, that to me is the silliest thing I ever heard in my life. And it's like a real thing. And, again, I'm not in their position, so I don't know. You know, I, I, can, I can ask Lil Q. Uh, he, he, he travels. He plays in tournaments. He plays basketball. Hey, man, would you be able to play back-to-back games? I'm sure he would. But then, again, he's a 20-year-old kid. So maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the difference. But I just think it's so funny, even in the NBA Finals, how stretched out it is. Right? It's like, oh, they play on Thursday. They start the, ter- the, the playoffs on Thursday, and they don't play game two till Sunday. It's like, what are we doing? You need three days to recover? But, again, I, I can't be that guy and question him because I'll never be in that position. I just know damn well if I ever went into our boss Natalie's office and was like, look, Natalie, I need to load management here. I think I could do Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays of shows, but Tuesday and Thursday, I don't know. Might have to have Ari fill in for me and, and, and get someone else. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I might have to sit out that, those two days. It'd be a wrap. Like, back in my day when I first started in radio, sound like a super old dude now, but when I first started, like, you don't go on vacation. You don't take breaks because there was some young dude named Q or some young dude that was like me that was very hungry that would take your spot. So you guarded that with your, man, with everything you had. Do not take time off. Now, hey, it's, it's Thanksgiving. Can you do a show? Yep, sure can. <laughs> it, it didn't matter, man. You had to do everything you had to do. But I don't know. Again, that's just me. So thank you, Mitch, for that call. I do appreciate you in the offense. Uh, good reason to feel optimistic. Trevor Sikama, Pro Football Focus, is how the whole conversation came up, said that uh, the reason for optimism for all 32, team, 32 NFL teams, and he's talking about the Raiders, he said Derek Carr is out at quarterback, which some people might see as a good thing. But be careful what you wish for. This team still has strong passing weapons at Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. Plus, Josh Jacobs has become one of the best running backs in the league over the past two seasons. Whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, or the ghost of Rich Gannon at quarterback, the Raiders will have some weapons to distribute the ball to, and that's the reason to feel optimistic, according to Trevor Sikama of Pro Football Focus. But what's on your mind? Let us know. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword r 322 is the time. we got Amber Wilson coming up at 330. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. This has been completely handled terribly by Northwestern. They needed to have all their ducks in a row and do this by the book before they ever issued a true suspension here to Coach Fitzgerald. You could have just said he's indefinitely suspended for right now during the pendency of this investigation and taking your time with it. It doesn't feel like that's what's happened here. And now, like you said, a bleep storm. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That voice you heard was one of ESPN's Amber Wilson from Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Now, she's been on the morning show with Freddie Coleman 
And I'm actually a little angry. I'm going to have to start off the, the interview with that. She's been on with Freddie Coleman, which means when I'm on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, I'm not on with Freddie Coleman. So uh, I'll have to give her a bad time about that. But they've been doing a great job on the morning show. You can definitely check them out uh, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time on, of course, our sister station, uh, Las, uh, ESPN Las Vegas. But uh, she's up there talking about the Northwestern situation and how it's been a, a major just they, they totally fumbled that situation. So we'll talk to her about that coming up in a matter of minutes. Also, what's going on in West Virginia with Bob Huggins. Uh, we'll dip into some summer league, some NFL. We'll just scatter shoot with Amber. Uh, she's fantastic. She does a great job. So we'll definitely uh, talk to her about all of that coming up in a matter of few minutes. But I did throw the question out there, and I'd love to hear from you. As far as optimism goes when it comes to reason, the Raiders, what is your reason for optimism for this year's team? And also, we're doing our Lotus Summer of Fun. We're sending folks on an all-paid expense trip. Where is the destination you'd like to go on a family vacation and why? And don't forget, coming up at 345, we'll give our guy Wendell, who won the New York City trip, but he took he chose to take the cash instead, $3,000. We'll give him a call and just, you know, celebrate him as he was a big winner. I think that that's awesome. Big Dub Raider hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. Happy Monday, guys, to the, dub, to the dumb NBA tournament. Tourney. It's not more games. Somehow they're going to intertwine the regular season schedule with that tourney. It's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Go Raiders. Yeah, you're right. It's not more games, but it's more playing if they want to win. You know what I mean? Like instead of the players not playing, like sitting out, it's basically a way to incentivize them to keep playing. But, you know, it's it's more games than they probably preferred to play. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're right about that. And uh, I'm, just, I'm interested to see what it looks like. Right. I mean, like, I want to say that it's dumb and unnecessary, but at the same time, I just don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is something that that these players would get excited about. Uh, You know, I don't know. Going to Vegas, having a trip to Vegas, not like it's something that they can't do. And it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity. They do it all the time, as most of them are here for summer league right now. It should be it should be kind of interesting just to see what it looks like. I think after year one or year two. Uh, we'll be able to know if it's a success or not. Uh, I didn't think the play-in tournament was something that was necessary, but ultimately ended up being something that was a lot of fun. And we saw the Miami Heat make the run from the play-in tournament all the way to the NBA Finals. Speaking of Miami Heat, join us now on the phone lines is Amber Wilson, and she's from ESPN. Last time she was on the show, we were talking about those Miami Heat. And Amber, it's funny, I saw your tweet just the other day talking about your sports fandom and that basically everybody in in Florida has lost from the University of Florida losing in baseball to the Miami Heat to the Florida Panthers. You just can't catch a break when it comes to sports fandom. Everybody losing the championship, right? I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at that. We're lucky that we're in the championship, but woo, nobody can get over the hump. It's remarkable. Right. There's no doubt. That's that was funny, though, when I saw that tweet, when you put it out there, I just I couldn't help but to laugh. And I'll say this. And I told everybody you've been doing a fantastic job. Of course, your your show is is Joe and Amber, but you've been doing a fantastic job filling in with Freddie Coleman. I'm just mad because now when I do Freddie and Fitzsimmons, I can't do the show with Freddie Coleman. So, well, there you go. <laughs> so a lot of moving pieces at ESPN radio, a lot of yes. moving parts, uh, but somehow we keep it all together. Yeah, no, you guys are doing a great job. I told Freddie that just the other day. So keep up the great. Great work. So me and Emmett Golden will be on this evening following the, the home run derby. But wanted to get you on for multiple reasons, talk about a, a bunch of different subjects. And, of course, you with your lawyer background, you are way smarter than the rest of us around here. And I wanted to start off with this situation with Northwestern and, and Coach Fitzgerald and how it just seems like they fumbled the whole thing. And I heard what you said on, on ESPN earlier today. It was I thought it was spot on. But just explain how they messed this whole situation up with his suspension and, and no suspension and, and just everything that goes into it. I think that 
where the mistakes end up being, frankly, is after the conclusion of the investigation. Because it seems like and a player, a whistleblower, an anonymous former football player goes to the university and says that there's hazing going on and, and launches all of these, frankly, heinous allegations, right? And so Northwestern does look into it. They launch an investigation. They launch an independent investigation. So at that point, too, it kind of feels like, all right, they're doing the right thing. They're handling right. this the right way. The investigation goes on for six months. There's a lot of fact-finding involved in the investigation. We don't actually know the specifics of the investigation. But after six months, what we end up hearing from the university is that the investigation did cooperate some of the stuff that this former student athlete was saying. Now, we don't know exactly what, to what extent, what the evidence was, but apparently there was some evidence that cooperated what the student athlete was saying. I, I think that there's a photograph that's floating around that indicates that maybe some of the hazing that he was alleging did in fact take place. So there's some things like that that come to light. None of it, according to the university, proves that Coach Fitzgerald knew. And so what they did was a slap on the wrist. They say, okay, it looks like maybe there was hazing going on, that there is some truth to what this whistleblower is saying. But because Coach Fitzgerald didn't know, we feel like a two-week suspension is appropriate. They hand down the two-week suspension, and they hand it down to during garbage time. I mean, right. they hand it down during vacation time anyway. Like, right now, when nobody's doing anything, <laughs> right. when Coach Fitzgerald is – suspended and so it amounts to a whole lot of nothing obviously there's public backlash because of that because he's the head coach of the football program and even if he didn't know what was happening in his locker room who's responsible for knowing what's happening inside the program and inside the locker room it feels like that would in fact be the head coach so two weeks seems like a very light suspension there's a backlash because of it the northwestern the student newspaper dove into this topic more deeply. They did a ton of journalism over the last six months, sort of being able to verify some of the things, again, that the whistleblower said. ESPN, I know, did some of their own journalism as well. So basically things started to look worse for Northwestern. So then the president of Northwestern comes out and he's like, well, maybe I made a mistake with only a two-week suspension. Now he's wavering, and now it looks wishy-washy. And this whole thing has been fumbled. I mean, had they just had an independent investigation, truly looked into things, then issued an investigation and then a suspension, and maybe had the suspension issued by an independent party as well so that it doesn't look quite the way that the optics look. The truth is, Q, you're talking about a coach that's a very long-tenured coach at this university, that played at this university, was an all-star at this university, and is, you know, the big man on campus at right. this university. And so the whole thing just looks like a mess at this point. No, it really does. And, you know, I, I was in Central Texas when Baylor was under investigations, and, you know, that was really ugly, and there's been so many other investigations with schools across the country. Uh, we don't have to document all of them. It's just been so many of them. But isn't that why it's better to be safe than sorry and really kind of go extreme on, on the way that you handle it so you don't have the situation that Northwestern has right now? Well, it's why you want to take it all out of your hands, right, yeah. if you can, if you are the university. It's why they brought in an independent investigator. So, like I said, it felt like, to me, step one was a good step. You know, like, they started off on the right track here. But when it came to actually punishing Coach Fitzgerald is where it feels like this has gone off the rails. And if they were so steadfast about their punishment and felt so good about it, based on the evidence, based on this deep dive, based on this six-month-long investigation, why now are you wishy-washy? Right. Why now are you starting to walk it back and say, well, maybe it should have been longer? You're the one who was tasked with 
issuing this suspension. So you think that after six months, you would have taken your time, done all your due diligence, and really got that portion of it right. Like, that seems pretty basic to get that part of it right and feel confident in whatever decision you made there. So the whole thing looks like a PR nightmare, obviously, and looks like a mess. I don't know what ends up happening with Coach Fitzgerald, because, again, you're talking about a coach that's been there since 2006 at the helm. Yes, they haven't done all the winning, but it's Northwestern. He has right. done winning with that program in the past. And and a and a figurehead that's that's beloved on that campus, and we know what that's like with yeah. university culture. So you know, and then there's in part of the investigation as well, and in part of the journalism that ESPN has done. Like there are other anonymous current players that have talked to ESPN, and they said that the whistleblower player, the former player, had told them that he was going to take down Coach Fitz and that he was going to embellish some of the allegations in order to cost Coach Fitz his job. So that, in other words, he had some personal vendetta against coach who knows what the truth is but northwestern should know what the truth is yes. i guess is where i stand on this situation at this point like how are we here when there was this long of an investigation that took place absolutely i agree with you 100 percent. again we're talking with amber wilson here on radio nation radio 920 necessary roughness i did want to ask you about bob huggins in this situation with west virginia and like i'm a big college basketball fan i've been a fan of huggy bear and what he's been able to do for a long time but starting with the radio incident that he had and then the next incident that he had with the 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 dui and all this other stuff and then him resigning but then he didn't really resign because his wife did it for him and what in the hell is going on with coach huggins and how do you see this thing playing out uh, from a legal perspective, this interests me so much because I feel like what happened here was a lawyer found a loophole where uh, apparently it was an email sent by or at least from the account of June Huggins, who's Bob Huggins' wife. That was actually his official, air quotes, resignation. And I would imagine under the terms of his employment contract that you have to terminate your employment contract. You have to resign in writing. And so I would imagine the approach that's being taken here is the co- is the, the lawyer for Bob Huggins, and Bob Huggins is apparently in rehab right now, but the lawyer for Bob Huggins is saying, well, he never actually terminated his employment contract. He never actually resigned. And the university right. is saying, what do you mean? We have this email here. And Bob Huggins' lawyer is saying, yeah, look at the name on the account of where that came from. That came from June Huggins. That didn't come from Bob Huggins. You can't have your wife terminate your employment contract. I mean, imagine from a legal perspective, too, like me and my husband get in a fight and my husband emails ESPN and, you know, Amber Wilson resigns. <laughs> right. And, like, ESPN's like, cool, you're, that's the end of that employment contract and, you know, I don't get any buyout for anything. Right. And you can see the complexity there and why that would be a problem. And so I feel like that's essentially what the argument is here. And it's bad on WVU. You have to get it in writing. You have to dot your I's and cross your T's. And again, I think we're seeing a a situation with a long-tenured coach, a very, very famous coach, and one that probably had a very, very close and familial relationship with that university. And so they get an email from the wife's account. They're like, ah, you know, it's Bob. It's Huggy Bear. It's fine. You know, and it's not fine. (laughs) It's not fine. Uh, At the end of the day, it feels like to me that this is probably a money grab from Coach Huggins where – he recognizes that because of the incidents that you just mentioned, he's probably not getting a job in coaching anymore. He's well into his 60s. His legacy is, is sort of tanked in trash, you know, right. if not completely tanked at this point. And so this is his way of saying, you know what, actually, guys, I'm still under contract, and you would have to, at this point, fire me for cause or give me a huge payout in order to fire me without cause. And the argument against the with cause thing, it's probably easy to think, well, you have the DUI and you have these anti-Semitic 
comments, except for they did not fire him with cause at the time of those incidents. So now what? You know, he can make that argument as well. So from a lawyer perspective, like the nerdy lawyer in me, it's so wildly interested by the approach (laughs) taken here. I could see a world where the university ends up paying Bob Huggins out of settlement because this isn't worth fighting in court. He gets the money out of it. I guarantee I feel like that that's what's going to happen, and I, I'm glad that you break down all the legalities and everything because, man, I, I get I get so lost in the weeds when it comes to that stuff, but uh, you, you hammer it. You hammer it, and you hammer it down. I love it. Again, Amber Wilson is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So I got to ask, just on the sports side of things as far as playing, uh, Summer League, obviously the, the expectations for Wimben Yama were sky high, and – uh, Friday, it was like, oh, man, this guy, what's wrong with him? And then yesterday, he puts on a heck of a show. What are your thoughts on Victor and, and, and the expectations that he has going into the NBA league? Yeah, Friday, he was a bust. Sunday, yep. he was a Hall of Famer. You know how we overreact to Summer League, Q. Yes. I, I have no expectations based on actual Summer League. Here, here's the most, the most I've ever watched Summer League is this go-round with Summer League because of the names, because of Wemby, because of Brandon Miller, because of the storylines, obviously, with the Summer League, like a lot of us. And my takeaway from Summer League, Q, was, man, that's some sloppy basketball. I mean, it was atrocious. So I I can't really care what these players are doing in Summer League. We're talking about a kid who was just playing in France. We're talking about a kid who quite literally has to learn the rules of American basketball because it ain't the same as the FIBA rules. He's so busy. He's shooting videos with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when his summer league teammates are practicing. He's not even being afforded that opportunity, even when he was stateside to have that opportunity. His life right now is a whirlwind. He needs to get to San Antonio, buckle down, and get to work. We'll evaluate it during the season. It's obvious that there is going to be some growing pains. It's obvious that his size, he needs to put some weight on because you saw how he was getting pushed around by some of the guys in summer league. And he hadn't, yeah. he hadn't even seen the real pros yet. Right? right. So it's about to get real, real. But we also know the talent that's there. You saw it on Sunday. We know the height obviously is there and the athleticism is there. So the future is really bright for Wendy. I can't take much away from Friday or Sunday, though. No, and I saw so many people and heard so many people overreacting to what they saw, especially on Friday, and I thought, man, it's one summer league game, which is a glorified pickup game, but okay. So, Amber, i got to close it out with this, and it's close and near and dear to your heart. Miami Heat, we talked about it while they are in the finals. Is it Dame time in Miami? Can Pat Riley find a way to get this deal done and get Dame to South Beach? It's game time. I mean, Joe Cronin just said today, though, this thing takes months. It takes months. That's right. just Joe Cronin, pro- uh, you know, posturing. It feels like, though, that it's already taken months. But <laughs> all the Miami Heat fans, like, mm-hmm. let's go already. The reality is that Damian Lillard has made it really hard on the Trailblazers at this point because he's pointed to one team. And typically when a superstar in that sport points at one team and says, I want to go there, guess exactly where he ends up, you know, you know pretty much always yep. on that one team. And his his – his people are doing a great job calling all the front offices saying, don't bother trade for me. And if they had a better offer than what the Heat have on the table for them, they would have taken it if they're truly trying to trade Dane somewhere else, if they truly don't care about Dane's wishes. We haven't even heard of another offer. Right. I mean, think about it. We've, we're hearing that the Heat have an offer on the table that the Blazers don't love. And we, we essentially know what that offer would be in a straight-up trade. We haven't heard about any of these other offers. We've heard about other teams that are interested, but we haven't heard about any other team actually making an offer. It leads me to believe that nobody's making an offer because nobody wants to offer up, you know, four picks for a dude who doesn't want to play for your franchise and whatever assets you have. 
this ends up being a Miami Heat deal. The Blazers are taking their time because it's a difficult situation to trade away arguably the greatest player in your franchise history. And I get that they are trying to get the most that they can out of this deal. I think in reality, it's like a four-team deal. And so it's a complex deal. And we've certainly seen the Miami Heat make four or five-team deals before they're known for it. Yeah, Pat Riley, man, he's going to get it done. I I have all faith in Pat Riley. He is that dude behind the scenes. Of course, Miami's front office is fantastic, and, well, their coaching staff and Eric Spolster and company, I don't even have to speak on them. They're pretty much second to none in the NBA. Fantastic stuff as always. Amber, what's what's up next for you? I mean, I know you're all over the place. Like you said, lots of moving parts. What you got coming up tomorrow? Yeah, buckle up, right? It is uh, 12 to 3. Tomorrow on ESPN Radio, you can also watch us on the app. Also 12 to 3, both days with Harry Douglas uh, on Wednesday as well. So 12 to 3, ESPN Radio on the app. And then Thursday and Friday, I'm back on the morning show. One of those days with Jay Will, another day with Freddie Coleman. That you can always watch us on ESPNU or listen on ESPN Radio. Well, keep up the great work. You're doing, like I said, fantastic work as always. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. I appreciate you, and we'll catch up soon. Thank you. All right, thank you. There she goes. Amber Wilson, great job from ESPN. Again, Joe and Amber is her show, but right now a lot of moving parts with ESPN, as everyone very well knows, and uh, she's doing a great job kind of navigating through the weeds. Freddie Coleman's doing a great job. Everyone really is stepping up to the plate, and uh, they keeping your boy busy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, busy is a good thing in this business. So many thanks to Amber. We definitely appreciate her. 3.45 is the time. We'll come back, get to a couple texts. Plus, we'll give our guy Wendell a call. He won week two of the Lotus Summer of Fun. That is company-wide, not Las Vegas-wide. It is company-wide, but he won here in Las Vegas and, more importantly, got registered on this show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Well, just like that, we talked to Amber Wilson and talk about the situation at Northwestern with Coach Fitzgerald. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Reports are out now that he has been fired. So just like that, we talk about it, and boom, it happens, which was probably the inevitable anyway. But that's how things happen and how things move in the world of sports quick, fast, and hurry when you have situations like you just had. So many thanks to Amber Wilson. Great timing to have her on the show talking about the situation there at Northwestern. In a couple seconds, we're going to give our guy Wendell a call, but I did want to hit the don'tbebroke.com text line real quick. It's 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, as I threw out the question to start the show, talking about your reason for optimism when it comes to this year's Raiders team. Also, since we're doing the Lotus Summer of Fun, if you had an opportunity to go on an all-expenses-paid trip, where would that destination be? A family vacation for you? Uh, where would it be? Uh, let us know about a 69187 keyword R&R. From the 209, Poncho said, what up, Q? Poncho here. I'm optimistic about our offensive line. They finished strong, and I'm hoping they start off where they left off. As far as vacation, I'd want to go to either Fiji or Cancun without the kids and kids' insight. To be able to sit out with the wife and enjoy a couple of cold beverages sounds fantastic. Goes on to say kids are awesome and all, but sometimes peace and quiet goes a long way. Had to add that little small detail in. Not mad at you. Not mad at you. Sometimes you do need to have that. Sometimes you need to take the kids, drop them off with the family, and be like, hey, we're going to be gone for a few days. We're just going to go kick it. And that's, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, also, Big Dub Raider said, oh, I already talked about Big Dub Raiders text. Uh, Vegas Pete said, I like to play in tourney. I get there trying to make games midseason that most players take off, meaning something. As far as the Raiders, I'm looking forward to the progress the team makes. We win uh, those blown leads, five, I think, double digit. 
Also, free agents I like, Spillane, Epps, etc. And really looking forward to our offense. The rookies like Wilson, Meyer, Smith, and O'Connell, I think, will ease a lot of quarterback drama. He will open eyes in my get. Uh, he will open eyes is my guess. July twentieth is only ten days away. I love what Ziegler is doing. McDaniel's holds some of those leads, and we can win ten games. Very detailed right there from Vegas Pete. Definitely appreciate him and his insight as well. You can keep that feedback coming at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Don't be broke. Com text line. And when we don't have a guest, you can always call us at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. But right now, we're going to use that phone line to call my guy Wendell. He was the winner of the Lotus Summer of Fun Week Two, all company wide, not not just city wide, not just statewide. All company-wide, he got hooked up. New York City trip. You can either take the trip or take the cash. My man Wendell, we'll call him Mr. Wendell, he got hooked up with the cash, $3,000. That is awesome. So, uh, Ari, you got the number. Go ahead and do what it do. Wendell, you there, my man? Yes, Q. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I bet you you're doing fantastic today. Oh, you? man. I heard a good news this morning, and, man, my sleepiness went away. I <laughs> know that's right. <laughs> hey, man, Lotus Summer of Fun. You know, it's it's really cool that you were the grand prize winner. You had the opportunity to go to New York City or take the cash. Just take the cash or take the trip. You chose to take the cash, but... When you got registered, and you got registered on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920, when you got registered, what did you think your chances were going to be of winning? Oh, um, slim to none. <laughs> <laughs> right, which is what everyone thinks. Like, I say that all the time. People always feel like, okay, I'm going to get registered, I'm going to get qualified, but I'm not really going to win. But, Wendell, you won the grand prize. So, I mean, for the summer, oh, for having that That's... kind of opportunity, what does that mean for you for the summer? Man, it's it's going to complete it. Because, <laughs> nice. you know, I, I've just been, like, going to work, coming home, thinking of what to do on the weekend. And that's, you know, money is, you know, pretty tight. So we're, we're trying to just, minim, you know, minimize what we, you know, what we do, trying to be careful what we spend it on. And this one right here, kind of set, you know, kind of set it, set it, set it on a different level. Yeah, so we're actually going to be doing some this summer. Nice, <laughs> nice. Do you have any kind of plans or any kind of idea what you're going to do? Or are you just going to we kind of already, work on We it? already locked it in, man. Uh, we just decided this morning we're going to go to Disney. Nice. <laughs> there it is. Round of applause right there for Wendell and the family going to Disney. And that's all on the strength of the Lotus Summer of Fun, which is what we're trying to do around here is have fun. We appreciate you definitely listening to the, Raiders, uh, the radio station. Man, like I said, Raiders. I'm a big fan of you, man. You, you're doing great, man. And Demond, you guys are you guys are, yeah I mean, you guys make my afternoon drive home um, really 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 nice you know yeah listening to you guys no doubt well we definitely appreciate that but so with that being said man what do you think about the Raiders this upcoming year I mean there's a lot of question marks a lot of uncertainty but how are you feeling you know I'm from Illinois originally just moved here about three and a half years ago um, you know what that 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 that's a good that's a good pickup you know. Jimmy G, come on, just gotta stay, you know, just gotta stay healthy, and and we on this. Right, right, okay. Have you, you had know? Any, have you had an opportunity to go to Allegiant Stadium yet? Nope. Oh man, well that's a thought, right? <laughs> that's a thought. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you guys giving away, I'm 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 always listening. <laughs> right. Hey, well that's the first step, right? You got to listen to be able to win. But yeah, man, it'd be great to be able to get you and the family in Allegiant Stadium at some point and see a game, check it out, and go ahead and support the Silver and Black, right? Yep. Support it. 
No doubt, no doubt. Well, Wendell, I just wanted to call, man, and congratulate you. I was so glad that you won and got registered on Unnecessary Roughness. It, it was like a, a moment of pride for me. So congratulations for winning the Lotus Summer of Fun Week 2 trip. Uh, New York City, you chose to take the cash, which is fantastic as well. And now you're going to take the, uh, the, the family to Disney. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, man.